Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman, and it's time to bring the orange. And today we're doing it around Pure One. And we have not one, but two special guests in the room today in our brand new building in uh, 599 Castro. Uh, so first, I guess on my left side, uh, Nick Cox, Director of Product Management for Pure One. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yep. And Anwesha Chatterjee. I think I got that. We coached on it right before, right? <laughs> Who's the Director of Product Marketing for Pure One. Welcome. Thank you, Rob. Great to have you. I've had you on the short list to get you on the program for uh, quite a while, actually, since I started. And we're finally just now getting around to it. Although you're a bit, you're a bit newer, right? Right? You yes. joined in the last few months? Mm-hmm. I'm almost three months old. Okay. Okay. And it's coming along all right. Yeah. Yeah. Finding your way. Orange. Throughout More the orange. Pure... <laughs> orange everywhere. Every Orange everywhere. And I guess, I don't know, you're, Nick, how long have you been uh, at it? About two weeks off my first anniversary. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Fantastic. I didn't know that. Yeah. And you come from where? Where where, where, uh, where have you been in the past? Yeah. I've been in the past all over. So prior to this, I was at uh, Dell EMC. Right. And, and EMC prior to that, and the EMC via acquisition of a company called Imaginatics, which is going kind to of software defined storage space. Before that, in kind of con- consumer, the, the consumer space, so kind of working in places like Yahoo and uh, working on WebOS or HP, so all over the place, but mostly my, my interest has been kind of on the presenting complex data to the end user, which is why I'm now here at Pure One. And that's why we're here, what we're talking about today. And what about you? You're, you're, you've so come I've to been us recently, in the, right? Yeah, I've been in the application space mostly. I was in SAP for a long time and the business intelligence side of things, then CRM and then um, integration. So iPaaS, right? That's the, again, it's a cloud platform as a service thing. So it's always been about data and it's always been on the application side. And what really was interesting for me at Pure was that the challenges around data, it's not just in the application side, right? right? And that's what we're gonna all talk about today. So yeah, so, so that brought me into the storage world and I'm very excited to be a part of this. Yeah, data is the new oil, data is the new currency, whatever, yep. you know, whatever mm-hmm. analogy people Absolutely. Are, are using. And we'll, and we'll take that tact, right, which is, and we'll do it from a management side, right? I mean, a lot of times we talk about just data for the sheer sake of, of data, but if you can't access it and you can't do anything with it, what good is it to you, right? And so that's kind of the backdrop. What's going on challenge-wise for the industry? What what are people contending with as we see these mountains of data, you know, collect? Right. Um, I can give. I can paint some picture on that because uh, what I've seen um, historically is that companies want to harness the power of data. Right. That is nothing new. It's always been around. But I think what's changing is that the business initiatives, right, the digital transformation goals and the way that business leaders want IT to step up, not just from an IT kind of infrastructure and and application side of things, Mm -hmm. but also to step up and meet the business goals outcome. So that's where data uh, has a new dimension altogether. And um, I think that's just one of the challenges to get a holistic view across entire enterprise data. The other one is, you know, the move to cloud. Right. So um, as I've seen when I was at Informatica before um, before coming to Pure, is when we talk about a cloud journey, it's really not like you flip a button or, you know, overnight you just move everything to the cloud, right? It's a hybrid story where you will always have something on-premise and something in the cloud. So it's not an either or scenario. Yeah, it is never either or because historically you probably are already having some ERP, some other application running on-premise, right? So 
Um, the move to cloud is not just about, you know, you go to a CRM in the cloud or something in the cloud, HR, but it's also about how do you integrate all that with what's on-premises and how do you manage across these different data sources and even the storage for yeah. that, right? So drill into that a little bit bigger because we have, you know, sort of traditional methodologies for managing storage and traditional challenges that don't necessarily always map well to cloud worlds. Right. Right. I mean, the, the, the old school applications that you're referencing of ERPs and supply chains and yeah. human capital management and, you know, add any three-letter acronym that's there, those things don't necessarily always map really well to the cloud world, particularly when you get into the data side. Like, how, how, does, that, how does that play out? So the, the way that we see our customers doing it today mostly, right, they, they're kind of in a um, hybrid world. Okay. Where they're not really going into an all-cloud, but they have this on-premises uh, data centers at the same time. They're also something that we launched recently, uh, Cloud Block Store is a very good example of it, where they are going to Amazon or Google or Azure, but they're also trying to have enough of their... Um, control over it, right? So that's maybe a security concern or data privacy, whatever, right? But they yeah. want to have that control. So I think that's a great way of uh, hybrid um, way of achieving that control. And um, Pure One, the it's a it's a SaaS application which manages uh, arrays across cloud and on premises. So that. Helps a lot because when, when we talk to customers who are in this kind of situation where they want to move to cloud and they want to also manage it, then Pure One plays a great role. But what happens when you lack that visibility? And I mean, we'll get into Pure One and, and all the different facets, but but up till something like Pure One coming along, what were people doing in terms of gaining visibility of the data? Or what were the challenges and, 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 cha- and issues with that? Yeah, I was going to say, if I take a step back almost before you get to that, one of, yeah, the, yeah. one of the issues you face when you talk about moving to the cloud is this horrible re- realization that physics exists, right? There's this, <laughs> there's this thing called the speed of light. It's very you, tricky, yes. You have a huge yes. amount of data and you need to move that somewhere else down a relatively thin pipe. It's not the 100 gigabit per second connection you have in your data center necessarily connecting you from your data center to a public cloud vendor. So the migration we've seen has been kind of dreams, you know, tempered by reality of it's going to take some time to move this data across. So people have tended to back into moving their data centers to cloud by saying, we'll focus on net new workloads. Mm-hmm. So we'll put some infrastructure in place, we'll spin up some, maybe some analytics workload, and we'll work on it there. And then the problems come into play where you actually have to take the results of that workload analysis and then bring it back on-prem or move from on-prem to on you know, Basically, it's that data movement that's been cripplingly expensive to date, right? So there's a lot of effort we've seen in the industry to focus on um, how we can be more intelligent about moving data to and from. But to explicitly answer your question around the the visibility, once you're in this space of having on-prem and um, in-cloud workloads, you end up with two sets of infrastructure to manage. And that visibility is crucial, otherwise you, you can't see where your spend is, where your data is re- residing right now, and, and also monitoring that kind of the connection between those two. You know, if I'm going to spin up a new SQL workload, do I have the capacity and the performance available to me in cloud or on-prem to, to entertain that? And even if I did, is it close? Is it within a few milliseconds of the ultimate users of that data? So there's a lot of um, planning, I guess, that has to come into play when we're talking about these multiple different um, uh, repositories for your data, whether it be public or private cloud. And thanks for backing up on that prior point too. That was good, uh, good insight um, to to add into that. Um, and so I think you know we've kind of touched on 
you know, the challenges and, and things. So maybe we'll drill into into Pure One uh, a little bit and maybe just a, a brief high level introduction for, for folks that are, you know, new to Pure, right? We got some listeners that are maybe new to Pure, but, you know, describe Pure One if you were, you know, talking to somebody for two minutes on an elevator, right? What What is it? What does it do? Um, why does it Why does it solve the problems? So I, I feel that the best analogy that I have, sure. you know, come across and I've kind of uh, almost um, internalized it is um, self-driving cars, okay. right? When you think of a car and how much convenience you would get um, when you have a self-driving car, I mean, you can do so much more with the time. And right. similarly, in storage, think about a storage which enables uh, self-driven, more automation. And all that comes from a uh, powerful engine that runs behind the scenes, which is based on artificial intelligence and machine learning, which we call Meta. Mm-hmm. So just like uh, a self-driven uh, car, a self-driving storage, and it, it, it's not easy because there are lots of different sensors, there are lots of different metrics that you have to take care of to come to certain decisions, right? And that is where uh, more of an AI-driven approach is very critical. So that's something that Peer One provides is a self-driven storage uh, or data management uh, capability for our customers. And when you talk about sensors and, and, and metrics and things, we're, we're actually we're tying into the arrays that are in the yes. fleet, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and then pulling, what, trillion data? Like, just oh, yeah. is, massive yeah. amounts of data points back? No, it, it, it sounds astounding, right? It, it's, it's odd to talk about storage arrays being IoT devices, but for yeah. us, they are. I mean, they have sensors in them for fan performance and right, right. CPUs doing all that kind of stuff. Hardware and software sensors that we, we feed those data points back to our cloud environment, right? And the reason we do that is twofold. One, because um, whilst we do provide an interface on the box to see how things are going, uh, it takes local storage resources and it takes compute resources to render that to the end user. You said, you know, if you were to talk to somebody who doesn't use Pure One mm-hmm. right now, right. the interesting thing is, I think most customers, when they first buy a pure storage array, probably don't use Pure One which is an odd thing to be saying as the guy who's going to be in charge of building some of that product. (laughs) Um, It becomes really powerful when you have two, three, four, five arrays. And actually kind of the uptick for us is probably around that magical fifth array. Once you get five arrays, you don't want to go to each one in turn, log into that box, Mm -hmm. see how it's doing. All those boxes send that data to the central repository, which is our uh, our cloud storage environment, where we have the ability to spin up compute, you know, as we need to do really interesting and meaningful things with that data, which you don't want to take those compute resources away from critical storage appliances. Sure, sure. You can do that in the cloud. Right, that's one right. of the benefits of you know public cloud resources, right? So that's where we, we can run that AI and ML um, infrastructure that Amish was talking about. And we can predict, you know, are you going to run out of capacity? Um, we can forecast your load change if you're going to swap different workloads. We can make recommendations about where to put a new workload based on that kind of that uh, collective overview of your entire fleet. So really, you know, Pure One is an IoT sync where we apply that machine learning on top to give you this visibility. It's a management dashboard with a lot of intelligence built into it. Well, and I love that it's a mobile dashboard, right? Oh that's yeah, the, of the mobile that's part. One of the it's a that, very that tickles me the most at, at trade shows or events and or, yeah. or customer meetings when people will pull up and go, you know, here's here's and my arrays that are that are running and here's my data reduction and uh, and you know, I'm, I'm not always very like happy yeah. when I'm talking to customers and I explain mm-hmm. all this and they are already using the app on the phone, so they have it on the phone right. and it's an amazing experience that customers just love it. So I don't know if you've ever done pager duty in the past. If you've ever worked for a company where you've been the guy 
who's been tasked with responding to any critical issues, you get that page alert, there's no information. I think I was one that sent the pages, actually. In the past, <laughs> so I know who's at the other end. Yeah, so, so this, is, this really kind of crosses the boundary for, for anyone who's in that situation. Yes. Like you, you get an alert on your phone on a weekend, you're out for dinner or something, and it says explicitly what's gone on. It has a link to the, the current customer service case. There's a button to phone the, the relevant person in the support team who knows exactly what's going on. It's that ability to connect everything in real time at the right the right point in time. But, but Nick, you see the advantage here, right? Because if you're right there and you're seeing it on the phone, you really don't have to go to the data center and fix things. You no, save your weekend. Right. So Yeah, you look down and say, it's not. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is it fair to say that for, for you know storage administrators, and I guess beyond that, I mean, I've had plenty of you know DBAs at shows come up and go, oh, yeah, our, our team, we run pure, and you know I've got to look in here just in case something goes on, I, I can know really quickly what's going on with my databases. But are we helping them sleep better at night? Are we helping them spend more time with their families? I mean, is that one of those personal benefits that I think is a great thing? I, I think we absolutely are. Yeah. You, can, you can mute those alerts. No, I think <laughs> those, those alerts go to the support team and, and then they can make intelligent decisions. Like, is it worth calling the, the relevant contact um, person on, on that account? But yeah, absolutely. People tell us that the benefit is that you can make decisions based on having all that information right in front of you in your pocket. How extensive is the information? I mean, we've got things like active cluster for synchronous replication. We've got snapshot catalogs, uh, some with tons of snapshots. Mm -hmm. It's very extensible to those things as well, right? In terms of the alerts? That you in terms of not the just, alerts, but just, 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 just the access, just the ability to, to monitor those things. Essentially, everything that's on the web interface today is everything that's on the REST API, which you can, you know, everything's built REST API first right. and on top of that. So the, the web interface is the most full-featured experience. Experience. The mobile application is intended to show you as much as humanly possible on a screen of that size. So if you can rotate your phone to kind of uh, landscape mode, you can yeah. zoom into the graph and you can see various things. There comes a point where we're trying to show you a VM topology overview of you know, 15,000 VMs where it doesn't really scale very well to your phone. Right. So you know we do stop there, but in terms of giving you the, the, the real-time data and the historical look back across all of your arrays, um, as you mentioned, active clusters, seeing the snapshots, um, seeing the alerts, all of that information is there in the, in the mobile device, yeah. And I would like to add to that, coming from a BI world, I'm always about data and KPIs and all that stuff, right? So something I've been bugging Nick is, give me some KPIs, right? What are we really tracking? How much? And it's really amazing to see that it's above, we, we spoke about that, right? It's above one trillion data points that right. we collect, right? The phone home data. And not just that, it's some uh, 11 petabyte of data that we store yeah, today. Yeah, sits on top of about 11 yeah. petabytes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which is growing at what, like 25 uh, something? Um, 25 terabytes, terabytes per day. Yeah. So we better it's use huge. our capacity planning to figure out how that's going to grow it's over time, right? Yeah. We do, mm -hmm. we do kind do of dog do food, these, <laughs> dog food <laughs> these things on ourselves. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, so it's, it's big. And, and then VM Analytics is something that we just launched. It's um, It gives us the capability to go full stack, right? So it, it's not just... Um, the the problems are happening at storage or, you know, if your IT is in a dilemma, where is the real problem? Is it in your VM stack or is it in your storage? Now with VM Analytics, we can show all that. Yeah, and that's that's when I had a, a, a chat and we did, I did a webinar with an SE recently and that was one of the things he was super excited about, right? And we did something on NVMe and Flash Array, but... One of the things that we highlighted definitely was was the you know the full stack. We talked more in terms of full stack visibility and management, but he was super thrilled about VM Analytics as a part of that. When you get these environments that have tons and tons and hundreds of, of VMs and the complexity that comes with that, yeah. 
you know, being able to see end to end what's going on there is is a fantastic thing. Um, I want to back up to to Meta a little bit and make sure that we spend a little bit of time uh, more on that and just make sure folks understand really the the power of the the predictive capabilities that go that go into that right and in terms of capacity planning but what else right what else is there that empowers the the users relative to meta um before nick jumps in i can see his face he's super excited about that so um uh, the the part that really made it very fun for me is the support piece right Mm -hmm. the predictive support so one of our team members i think was a part of the team long long time ago and the way the story goes is that he was um, he was kind of uh, rotating, and then he had to be in the support team, or where he had to manage escalations. And very quickly, what he found out was there are some escalations which happen maybe on, on one particular customer, and the same thing happens in multiple customers. And you spend more time doing the same resolution over and over again. That's when we came up with the concept of fingerprinting, mm-hmm. where again, using meta um, and the machine learning models behind the scenes, it can actually go through, it's like a catalog or what I feel is like a Google search of, this is the issue of customer A. It goes through the entire catalog of all the issues in the entire entire pure one world, scanning all arrays. And then saying, you know, this has happened here. This is what the resolution was, and this is how you manage it. So it just saves a lot of time. So that was very exciting for me. That that's no, a it's, great it's, support. It's I mean, it's true. our support, but we are helping customers in the end. Yeah, right? it's proactive. It's not just reactive or just sending you an alert. Hey, this fan doesn't seem to be, you know, running at the same speed it normally is. It is. It is my my description has always been slightly negative terminology because I, I always use the kind of concept of antivirus. Yeah. Indexes. Yeah. Right, you know, you you update your system with the latest antivirus index, and whenever you know a scan runs, we're looking for those those fingerprints. Right. If there's a match, then mm-hmm. we hey, something's got to happen, and it's exactly the same with what we're doing for the support team. Like we've noticed that uh, a certain specific model of of hardware with a certain specific model of software running a certain workload, um, when it gets above eighty five percent utilization for a certain period of time some things can happen that are not you know, good for you as an end user. And if we start to see that pattern uh, you know, appearing, then we can jump in in advance and, and course correct. Like as, as a support organization, we can say, we need to prevent this array getting too, too loaded or we need to you know, upgrade your, your software because you, know, you might hit a bug. You know, this all sounds very negative, but we're doing this in advance of you guys. Before customers, customers before issues. they even, yeah. Um, making, we, making sure that nothing does go wrong. Do we set the thresholds and input those things or are those things that are generated just by the AI understanding and, and seeing patterns and uh, uh, and frequency, right, of, of something honesty, occurring? It's, it's a mixture of the two. So okay. we, we absolutely okay. have a bunch of hard set limits. You know, you don't want an array to get over 95% load. Um, capacity usage because right. then we start to run out of the ability to do you know certain operations. Um, but... The, the workload uh, monitoring and kind of what we're doing in terms of uh, what we do in terms of the predictive support is it's largely based on machine learned data sets okay. we've got tens of thousands of arrays phoning these things home we know when we've had issues in the past we know what the support resolution was those the anomaly and the resolution for that uh, and we use those to build those fingerprints so we're updating that library constantly um, and pushing that to the array so we can see them in real time what customers tell us about that I don't know, just open-ended, just about the, the you know, the, the, the predictive 
I guess maybe they don't tell us anything if they're finding out things before. I they, mean, if they don't have to do, to them, yeah. Right? I, I, yeah. If our support people are actually calling them before the problem happens, yeah. that's an ideal like, nirvana, hey, way, right? Right. Hey, by the way, you need to go fix this. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was just in an EBC this morning where exactly the same question came up, right. which I hear almost every time, which is, you know, we're thinking of moving to, to Pure. We've, we've done a POC. We're broadly happy. But the thing we're always going to question you guys on is, Where's the body buried? Because there's there's got to be something that doesn't quite work with this sort of this predictive support we hear so much about. And there must be a point where you guys can't achieve these things. And honestly, uh, it becomes this kind of um, self-fulfilling um, story where we have a customer in the room who is, acts as a reference for somebody else and, and gives gives the examples of when we've we've stepped in and prevented these things. You know, Thanksgiving period is a Black Friday. Um, oh, yeah. Sales, you know, it's a phenomenal time for volume on certain customers, especially if you're in the retail space. Um, and there's, you know, the fact that we can be proactive about, you know, monitoring people in that space, and we can uh, provide alerts in, in advance of that we can send them daily reports, hourly reports, just so they can make sure everything's, you know, there's nothing really changing on the underlying storage infrastructure. It's humming along quite happily. It's right. capable of dealing with yeah. hundreds of thousands of IOPS and the throughput they need. But it's a kind of peace of mind, and so it's not just reporting when there's an issue, but it's also being proactive and giving reports. And one of the things we have within Pure One is a dashboard that basically gives you a, it's customizable, but it's like the top 10 arrays you have in terms of current load, the highest and the lowest. So you can see, oh, we're underusing under these, these arrays, but these other arrays are, are kind of being well used. But providing that insight and the ability to say, oh yeah, things are okay, right? I don't need to worry. Sometimes you just need to be reassured that everything's yeah. fine. I wonder if it's one of those things where customers use it a lot when they first get it because it's the new shiny toy. Like when I got solar panels on the top of my house, for the first two months I had solar panels, every day I would go in and log in and check my energy usage and, and how much I saved and all that. And then now I, I, well, I go in like once every half year probably, something like that. I guess it's as needed, right? I mean, it's, it's there if they need it, but... The, the peace of mind to know that the, the, there's all that behind it is, is probably And I feel thing. that the peace of mind ties yeah. back to the to the comment I had before, right? Because if you make, if you help IT teams to kind of have enough time to focus on the business problems, right? Help the business leaders, the business units, um, faster time to market, faster time to resolution and, mm -hmm. you know, innovation. There are uh, M&As happening all the mm -hmm. time, onboarding new companies. So those are the big bucket problems that they need to focus on, not the small problems that, oh, my array is not working, or how do I go and fix my data center problem? So yeah. if we can help resolve those automatically, we are taking a lot of the pain from their shoulders, and they can focus on the important stuff. Yeah, as I say, another one that just kind of came to mind was, as a company and as a business unit, we've always focused on that mean time to innocence for the storage admin, right? because we know these arrays are very fast, yeah. and for, for a long period of time, it was explained to people that, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 milliseconds is not normal. We, we can do this in one or two, if not faster than that. Yes. The the thing that we've uh, focused on with the move into the analytics and as we move up the stack is to take more data from additional areas. And when somebody phones the storage admin, which is always the first phone call when something goes wrong, you know, if, you're, if your machine is running slow, your VM's running slow, whatever it yes. may be, you're going to phone the storage admin and say, storage. it must be the storage, yeah. storage layer. It's always the storage layer. Why is this paging? Why is it taking so long? So you know, we ended up we started to build tooling in and um, reporting in that starts to en enable you not only to say, well, the underlying storage array is fine; it's your problem and not mine, which was good enough for a while. We're actually now able to say things like, 
the VM you phoned me about seems to be paging at the host level and the reason is whatever it may be, right? Or the VDisk has gone bad or you've under-provisioned the CPU on this, on this VM. So not only can we tell you it's not the storage layer, but we can actually point explicitly to where that problem is, which kind of makes people happy. We, we live in a world where people have, you know, different hats for different jobs. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, the storage admin doesn't always have insight into the VM infrastructure to answer those questions. So the ability to resolve the question and absolve yourself from blame at the same time is hugely powerful, which is what customers are asking us more and more to do. They've seen the power in that. Right. So you know, apply apply more of your machine learning, apply more of your anomaly detection to that. And what else can you do? Help me, can you help me scale my compute infrastructure? We get these requests because they've seen the power of it on the storage layer. Yeah, multi-tier troubleshooting. You should be a marketer. Jeez, I know. I should check that out, right? Uh, as opposed to the finger pointing, though, right? I mean, I you know, I've worked for companies where we where we sold three-tier architectures and. You know, if there's a problem with the VM, it must be something else, and we're not going to help you. And I love this, this you know, again, proactive approach to, uh, so there you know, you go. to trying to solve it no matter what layer it's in, which leads me to, and this is this, this is one that just sort of popped in my head, so I hope I won't throw you off too much. Where do, where do we get the best input on features and directions? Like, I know engineers love to go build things, right, that they think is cool, but it would seem to me if customers are using this tool really extensively, they would come back to us a lot and go, hey, by the way, can you do this? Can you do this? I have this, you know, do we get those kinds of inputs? So I would yeah. first want to add, since I'm in marketing, right, and I love numbers, <laughs> customers. You brought up a great point. Sure, we sure. have more than 5,000 customers today. Yes. And I think, what, about 89 uh, or some uh, percentile of our customers are already you, for, you know phoning home the array telemetry. So majority of our customers are already using Pure One. So that shows the amount of adoption we have, right? So um, Nick can comment more on where the feature request comes from, but customers are a big driver because they're always talking about it. They want, they're very excited about it. And ABCs and all that's, that's, that shows the love for Pure One. Yeah, in my in my past life, I spent a long, well, a good number of years trying to convince people to use public cloud for storage. Mm-hmm. It was a hard sell going mm-hmm. going back a few years. Why would I trust it? All that kind of stuff. Um, this is the first company I've ever been at where it's been the complete inverse of that. As you said, like ninety percent of the people voluntarily phone the state home. Why? Because we're providing a real, true value. It's a good service. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it yeah. is secure. We we we've addressed all that out the gate, but. You know, there's value to giving us this data. Mm-hmm. Um, and because so many customers do use this and they do get this benefit from us, um, you know, they, they do log in every week. And even if they're not you know, actively a storage admin, you'll, you get the C-suite logging in. Oh, what's going on? It, was, was, I, was I right in making that investment in pure yeah. storage? Yeah, yeah. Um, and when they come to do the EBCs, when we go and uh, speak to customers directly or we, we meet them at trade shows, we get a lot of feedback, which is, I love this feature. Could we also add X, right? Yeah. So yeah. recently we, you know, we introduced this ability to have um, literally a reporting tool, the ability to send to that C-suite group, literally a PDF summary, because they're not going to log into a, to a web page yeah. necessarily. But high level, right? Just yeah, the just kind of metrics that they would, really they would care metrics, about, exactly. right, at that level. Yes. Yeah. And we've got a huge amount of you know, really positive feedback, which is like, oh, you know, there's, um, I mentioned kind of the, the, the Black Friday sales period. People, yeah. just just send us this daily. As long as long As long as my executive team get this in their inbox every day, you know, I'm going to tell them if it's a problem and you guys are going to tell me and all the customer support team is going to kick in and that's all going to be great. But just seeing that email from you guys with a report that shows these high-level metrics of goodness, for want of a better term, is, is really reassuring. So we, all the, sometimes it's kind of really minor comments like, please make this more broadly available or send it more regularly. And other times it's, 
in totally different industries, you know, because storage is one of those interesting places to work where you talk to customers, whether they be in finance or healthcare or, you know, IoT devices, and they all have their own tools and metrics and, yep. and things that they work on. And they kind of bring these back and say, it would be really cool if, or, you know, um, they show us things in other industries and we, we, um, uh, we talked about what the value would be to, to bring that into us. That's terrific. Yeah, going back to the PDF, I thought that's a great way to help the uh, IT leaders kind of make their business case, right? If they have to either buy more of uh, storage or you know have a different kind of a plan, then it helps them. They don't have to dig and find out the information and do their own analysis. We are providing it at their fingertips. So. Yeah, terrific. I have a much better example of it All right. of being useful, which is, yeah, kind of, yeah. which is kind of the, um, the the meta program we have, the, 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 right. the hardware will it fit program, um, which is probably more of an internal aim. But you know, you're an existing customer, you have some arrays, and we we can show that your capacity is is being used over time. The ability to allow the customer to run a simulation to say what would happen if I were to upgrade to the, the new X ninety yeah. or two. Right. Would that mean, you know, we can read all of your, your metrics and say this is a much faster, more capable machine at handling certain loads, but what does it actually mean? And show that to me by looking at my previous usage, like real data that I've given into Pure One, and run that as a simulation on this new hardware, and tell me, will my load drop? Will my capacity be better if I add a shelf? And meaningfully show, show these for me. So it's, it's almost like a, an interactive... Um, a model selection tool like if you're going to buy a new car or something like that you, know, yeah. you choose the paint and all that sort of stuff whereas with this you can say I'm not sure if I do need more capacity or performance or you can run those models and see what it would look like but it's a little more extensive than a workload planner I mean it's just not just a basic you know slap your workload on and then see what it'll do there's 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 more there's more to it yeah, yeah there is absolutely more to it so uh, th- this is kind of the first instance was basically the hardware model upgrade simulation yeah, yeah. then it's workload simulation then the ability to say Oh, we know what your infrastructure looks like. We know that you want to bring on a, a brand new workload, maybe as uh, I think I mentioned earlier, a SQL workload. But is that the best place for you to put it? Mm. Like if, if, you, if you have more than one array, you may not be aware of the fact that these two types of workloads don't interact very well together. They have you know different they have different characteristics that you may not see as an end user until you kind of really get into the troubleshooting issues later on with kind of. Uh, response times, things like that. We have that information. We're, okay. we're learning from thousands of workloads that are going through uh, every single day. So we're able to start to make recommendations of keep those two isolated from each other and also put this one closer to that user uh, section of users because the response time will be yeah. that much more important. Or go ahead and just you know put them all together because there's yeah, not going to be any impact yeah, on anything. Yeah. Right? Going, you know, the whole mixed workload kind of message that you know we, we kind of got, I think we met on that. So know, it's the over and under <laughs> over and under provisioning, right? Yeah. It helps both yeah. ways. So uh, we'll we'll um, we'll get ready to close. But to what extent do you think Pure? And you guys can be be braggy about it, right? If you want. To what extent do you think Pure One plays in the customer satisfaction rating that Pure that Pure has, right, for the products um, culture? Uh, well, be bragging, <laughs> bragging, <laughs> right? <laughs> very yeah, no, I think, of course, modesty, right? But then, you know, besides that, I think our predictive support and all leads a lot into our NPS core. And um, it's not just pure one, but thinking from a pure storage perspective, we are the leader in the space today. Mm-hmm. And our support makes us um, one, you know, as a key driver for that. Because uh, basically, at the NPS core that we have today, compared to the industry, it's uh, it's way above our average. It's some eighty six, um, I think eighty six point eight six. Eighty six point so, yeah. 
right? NPS scores. Uh, so these scores are important. Again, going back to KPIs and data, <laughs> because it proves that um, that how important customers are for us. Well, I think just I think people want something that's easy that provides insight that makes their jobs easier. Uh, that, like you said earlier, helps justify the investment right to their management yeah. uh, and that solves problems. And as I'm finding more and more the whole marketing line that, you know, we, we save people time so they can go work on strategic projects, that actually is coming. That's true. You know, the more and more customers I talk to that are working on things when previously they just spent time tuning or doing, you know, complex capacity planning activities. And this is this is absolutely a part of it. And then really, really exciting to hear about what's going on. I won't ask you about futures because we, uh, you know, we don't talk about what's coming, but I know you're always uh, evolving and uh, adding new and valuable things based on the input. So that's great. Any final any final thoughts you want to you want to close on? Yeah. So it's, it's a SaaS application. And um, with that, it's when customers log in whatever new features get rolled out, they see it right there okay. when they log in. So almost every month we release new features. So yeah, so I think uh, the best way for customers to learn, of course, this podcast is yep. one of them. Yep. And then we have uh, a lot of information on our website where they can go to purestorage.com and then under products, Pure One. Um, so, and then we have data sheets, webinars, videos, whiteboards, blogs, yeah, a lot of technical a lot of blogs, blogs, but a lot of good demos too, right? Yeah, a lot of good a lot of information good I've seen from from a demonstration standpoint, yeah. which is really where the where the power is, right? And just seeing it in action and a knowledge base. Once yeah. they log into the support portal, our existing customers, there's a huge lot of information there. Fantastic, Nick. Final thoughts with you? I think that was a beautiful summary. Yeah, that was a good summary. Awesome. Well, thanks, and thanks for the challenge of uh, hosting two individuals. Uh, actually, I thought it went over really well. Loved having you guys both in here to get your uh, deep insights around Pure One and uh, keep it going. It's it's really exciting to hear about all the things that you're doing, and we'll uh, we'll have you back on when it uh, makes sense for another Pure Report in the future. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap for Pure Storage and Nick Cox and Unwisha Chatterjee. This is Rob Ludeman saying, "Don't look back. Something might be gaining on you." Thanks, guys. Thanks.